to Talking Club. I am Karen, and this is Emily. Hi, Karen. How's it going? Um, you know, it's going all right, I guess. Today has proved to be a very interesting day. Um, how so? Well, I don't know if you've heard, but the Supreme Court has officially overturned Roe v. Wade. Yeah. That did happen. That is a thing that has happened after 50 years of uh, trying. <laughs> um, that has happened. So uh, we're not going to spend a long time talking about this, but we both had some strong feelings. And I think that when you have a podcast and you have strong feelings, it's fair to um, talk about the news of the day. And it's it's funny, you actually were pointing this out yesterday. We were talking about some topics for today and nothing really was feeling like the one and then we woke up this morning to this news and it's like oh well maybe that's why we weren't feeling like talking about ice cream flavors and <laughs> books <laughs> yes it didn't seem like there was anything else to discuss given mm -hmm. what had just happened and I know we were both a little bit hesitant to talk about this I know I am afraid of my beliefs about Roe v. Wade and abortion. I'm I'm concerned that what I say might be misunderstood and, and taken in a different direction because unfortunately this is this shouldn't be a black and white issue, but it is. And I think what I'll just say in general, how I'm feeling right now is I I just feel like this is a very dark day in America. And I'm frustrated that we've regressed. And to me, abortion, a woman's right to choose is a very personal, very sensitive decision. It is not black and white. I believe that there are times when ending a pregnancy after thoughtful consideration is appropriate. And I believe that Roe v. Wade acknowledged that acknowledge that there are different circumstances in everybody's lives. And I'm very frustrated that decision has been taken away from so many women. Of course, overturning Roe v. Wade does not mean that abortion will be illegal everywhere. There will be states, of course, that will ban it as soon as they can, including my state, Utah, but probably not in yours. Right. Yeah. In California, it's, uh, if anything, I think that's going to become, um, not that it will be more legal, <laughs> um, but I think it's going to become more um, welcoming. I think yes. there's going to be a lot of people traveling here mm -hmm. um, to access care. And um, yeah, What's, so I think one of the reasons that we were a little bit not sure if we should talk about this or not, at least for me, it was because this is a really complicated issue. And um also, quite frankly, it has nothing to do with me. It's none of my business. Uh, I have never had one. Not that it, it would be any of your business if I had. Um, but this is not something that has ever specifically directly impacted me or my life or my choices. Um, and because of that, and because even when I have known people who have been in this situation and have made that decision, um, that might have, you know on an emotional level impacted me, but it had nothing to do with my life. What they chose to do was about them and their choices. And that is what we need to remember. And that is the most important um, thing in all of this. You know, we 
um, one of the things that I just keep thinking about is how my mom taught me this lesson when I was a kid, you know, and if I would get in trouble and I'd tell my brother for something, she would always just say, worry about you. Why are you worried about him? Why are you worried about what he's doing? Don't bother me with what he's doing. You worry about you. And I think that there are obviously certain uh, issues that uh, even if we want to say, well, that's my right and you're taking away my freedom, it's really not only your freedom. You know, freedom of speech, for example. Um, you know, there are certain things that you can't just say out in public, mm-hmm. even if it's your right to, you know, to speak. Um, but I think when it comes to specifically abortion, I think that it's something that I just have, doesn't matter what I think about it. It doesn't matter what I believe personally. It doesn't affect me. And so why should I stand in the way of other people being able to make a very personal and in almost every case that I've ever known about, uh, a very difficult decision. Yes. 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 And it's, and my other thought too is, is because there are people who feel very strongly against abortion. They will go as far as saying that it is murder Mm -hmm. and that's their right to believe that. And I also am a big advocate for standing up for what you believe in. And so I don't believe that you should, that people should just be like, Oh, okay, well, I'm just going to have to accept this work within your circle of influence, work in your communities to stand up for the values and the policies that you support. Don't go to the extreme though, of taking away agency, taking away choice, because whether people want to admit it or not, there are circumstances when it is appropriate. And whether or not you believe that it's just a fact Mm -hmm. and, and it's not a black and white issue. And if you think it's a black and white issue, I'm sorry, but I, I I don't want to say you're wrong, but what can I say besides that? You know, it's, it's it's, (laughs) it's not a black and white issue. Yeah. More than 50 even. Yeah. (laughs) more than 50. And yes, I had to enlighten it a little bit, but (laughs) yeah. And the other concern too is, I mean, before we we talk about other concerns, because there are definitely some of those, um, one thing that really, you know, I've, I've, I've had sort of, um, a shift in my perspective on this over the years. And one of the things that someone said a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, um, actually posted this on Facebook, which I <laughs> am definitely not going on today. Um, but uh, she said something that really just made this click in my mind in a much different way. And that was that one side wants to make abortion impossible. The other side wants to make abortion unnecessary. And I, I just love that. Thought, wow. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, okay, that makes sense to me. That is termed like that actually just really sat well. It's like, okay, if I think that people should not electively have this, you know, hypothetically, um, then the issue isn't like make it so that they can't, it's make it so that they don't need to like, yes, provide resources, provide education, provide options and alternatives so that that isn't where they feel like that's their only choice. Exactly. The, the focus in my opinion has always been on preventing unwanted pregnancy versus completely banning abortions. Mm -hmm. If people are not getting pregnant when they don't want to, then the need for 
an abortion is just not there. Yeah, exactly. And, and then there's also the very sensitive issue of the fact that there are women in this country or no, not just in this country, but around the world who get pregnant against their will. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't understand how somebody can think I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, to, to, to look a rape Shouldn't victim have in, a vagina then. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, how can you re look in a, in the eyes of a rape victim and say, sorry, it, your loss. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that just seems so contrary to so many beliefs that I have about just right and wrong. And this woman didn't do anything wrong. She didn't choose to get pregnant and she should be allowed to make a decision based on this awful injustice that was committed against her. She should be allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you agree with that is besides the point, the, the option, the choice, the agency should be there. Yeah. The other big thing, and I think this is probably where you were maybe starting to go uh, a minute ago, but the other big thing that I'm concerned about, you know, I, I, I studied this case specifically Roe v. Wade when I was in college, I took an elements of law class as part of my political science program and we studied it. I wrote a paper on it and there, there were issues with the way that this case was decided. It was far from a perfect decision it uh it did implement some things that were uh the term is legislating from the bench where basically the supreme court decided on some things that were legislation which had not been done i mean the court had done that before and stuff had happened but anyway um (laughs) now i'm rambling but anyway um so it's there there were issues with the decision but it's also now been so many years that this has been accepted as a fundamental right regardless of whether people think that they should have this or not this has been a right and so now the big concern becomes what happens next because now the supreme court has said in in this opinion i mean samuel alito in his majority opinion which by the way this was five four not six three um because john roberts uh sided with the dissent he did not want to he agreed with one portion of of the case that was in front of them but he did not want to overturn roe v wade entirely okay um but uh and i think that's really important for people to understand but you know what basically what they're saying is that abortion was not a right guaranteed in the constitution in the original text of the constitution therefore it is not something that has to be upheld and to which i say okay there is this concept called unintended consequences and we're about to see a whole lot of unintended consequences because that means by that opinion that means that anything that's not explicitly written into the constitution is on the table no matter how many years of case law and court decisions we have backing them up and uh to further illustrate this point clarence thomas (laughs) fun guy that he is um even said He wrote in his concurring opinion, this is a direct quote from Clarence Thomas, whose wife is Ginny Thomas, who also used the word coup in an email before January 6th. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, In future cases, we should reconsider 
all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. Now, I get a little bit mixed up on what is what in terms of cases, but Obergefell specifically is the case that um, legalized gay marriage in the United States. Griswold versus Connecticut was from a 1965 decision um, declaring married couples had a right to contraception. Um, and Lawrence Wait, v. So Texas. Hmm? So he thinks that married couples shouldn't necessarily have the right to contraception. If you're married, you should just have babies if they happen. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently that's what he thinks. Um, and then Lawrence v. Texas was a 2003 case invalidating sodomy laws and making same-sex sexual activity legal across the country. So before 2003, it was legal for states to outlaw being gay. Not just gay marriage, but being gay, like practicing gay uh, gay activities of any kind. Which, um, I don't know if you know exactly what sodomy is, but that actually technically had a lot of implications for straight couples too. But anyway... <laughs> including a former president of the United States. But anyway, um, yeah. And then Obergefell versus Hodges was the 2015 case um, that established that gay couples have the right to marry. Um, Something that, interestingly enough, Justice Thomas did not reference was the case Loving versus Virginia, which legalized interracial marriage. Of which he is a part. I was going to say, why didn't he mention that? It's such a mystery. (laughs) So but the point yeah. is, basically, what he's saying is all of these things are on the table. Gay marriage, uh, um, contraception, um, in vitro fertilization. Uh, I go so far as to say not just loving v. Virginia, but things like Brown versus the Board of Education. Exactly. How is that not necessarily on the table now? Right. I mean, he opened the door. So mm-hmm. I guess what I my takeaway from that, especially since he said some very you know he gave very specific examples is that yeah that that potentially could be the road that we're heading on i mean and another thing that wasn't originally in the constitution was a woman's right to vote is that up for grabs exactly (laughs) you know i mean it's a very very citizens right it's a very dangerous door that has been opened this is Mm -hmm. this is a precedent that could have really bad repercussions that people haven't even considered right basically what they're saying what between between the um concurring opinions in this case basically what they're saying without necessarily specifically saying it is that anything that uh any social issue that is you know something that people want it has to be codified into the constitution the u.s constitution otherwise it is not a guaranteed right no matter what the court has previously said on it. Man. Everything is on the table. And if you think we're being, you know, alarmist, and if you think that we're just, you know, being kind of ridiculous on this, and like the sky is falling, chicken little and all that, that's because the sky is falling. And, you know, I will admit, there, I thought this is 50 years and it was not until May when the, the original documents were leaked that I started to think, oh, this might happen. And even then I thought there's going to be enough public pressure. They're going to back off. They're not going to actually go through with this. 
and here here we are and mm-hmm. they did and that's where it's like we can't just sit back and just watch things happen and hope that the right things prevail um because there are people who are very motivated to undo a lot of things that we believed about this country yes well and didn't even the most well not the three most recent but the three justices that trump appointed didn't at least kavanaugh and coney barrett explicitly say that they felt that roe v wade was super precedence and that i mean did they essentially perjure themselves i don't remember specifically if barrett did but kavanaugh specifically said that it is settled case law and uh there was even a statement today from susan collins who said that in open uh, she was one of the deciding votes on confirming kavanaugh yes and it was because he's of what he said about this wasn't it publicly and in meetings that she had with him privately he also assured her that this that he was not going to vote to overturn roe v wade and now he has so now we're in an era where people will lie publicly um and I mean that was that was a confirmation hearing. He wasn't under oath, so no, it wasn't perjury. Um, he just misrepresented himself, and um, there are going to be very far-reaching and very long-lasting consequences as a result. So, happy Friday! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Um, I I think we're still kind of grasping how we're feeling about this, and maybe it can be a topic that we address it another episode but i think it was good to record today and just get those initial reactions out and just kind of i mean hopefully this is a conversation that people around the country are going to have and really consider what this might mean for us in the future Mm -hmm. i mean how do you i mean how does it feel as a woman knowing that one of your constitutional rights has been taken away from you. And not just one. There are a lot of constitutional rights that have been taken away at this point because, um, like we were saying, I mean, uh, yeah, so the right to vote was later put into the Constitution as an amendment, so we do have that now. But there are a lot of things that we as women get to participate in and enjoy that are not specifically spelled out in the Constitution. And including the right to choose what we do with our own bodies. That is now we belong to the state. Yep. I was, yeah, I I was, I made the mistake of going online and looking at a comment thread on this and I won't do that again. But, but one comment that really, you know, stuck out to me and I'll, I'll say it quickly was that, oh, this decision has now been taken away from the federal government you know, we need to get rid of big government and the decision is now in the hands of the state. And I, and I, and I was just like, why isn't it in the hands of the woman who is Mm -hmm. pregnant? And again, it's, it's not about what, what everyone I believe should really be focusing on is not, do you believe that this is the right thing to do? Or do you not believe this is the right thing to do? It's, do you believe that the choice should be taken away? Mm-hmm. That is what is, to me, is so devastating about this. It's that the choice is being made for you, regardless of your circumstance. Well, and then there's laws like in Texas where they're trying to 
Um, like they basically are putting a bounty on women. If you think someone has had an abortion, then you can sue them. And Even I if think... you have nothing to do with it, even if it's not somebody that you know personally, right? you can sue them. If you think that someone has provided one, you can sue them. And I think that w this is, again, with the unintended consequences, I think what we're going to see is a lot of women going through the worst trauma of their lives, meaning a miscarriage, being suddenly doubted and attacked because people are going to suspect, oh, well, how do we know that wasn't an abortion? Mm-hmm. And that is horrible. That is unthinkable. It is. And I believe in the state of Oklahoma, they were setting up laws that if a woman had an abortion, um, family members could sue her. Mm -hmm. And that included if a woman was became pregnant via rape, her rapist or her rapist family could sue her if she ended the pregnancy. I'm at a loss for words. It's, I'm at a yeah. loss for words. Women are under attack. And if you think that's not true, you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I really um, just really quickly, like, I know that this has been a topic that I have been even a little bit hesitant to talk about with you over the years, because I know that for a long time, you and I were kind of on different sides and it's and I and even if we still were, I, I still know that you and I could discuss this. And I just want to just say how wonderful it is to have conversations like this with people where we can discuss ideas and what's going on in our country. It's just it's very wonderful for me. And I'm just so appreciative of you and our friendship. I appreciate you, too, Emily. I really do, because I know that I can say all of my thoughts, no matter how much you disagree with what I'm thinking <laughs> and you don't just like sit and let me talk like you actively participate in those conversations and like encourage me like well have you thought about this or well here's what I think about that and it's really I mean honestly I credit I've come a lot like I've I've really evolved a lot in just like my thinking about a lot of issues and I credit that with having someone who you and Dustin both um, where we can have open, honest conversations about how we feel without being judged. And there are thought provoking and challenging conversations where it's like, it really, you over the years have, have not even necessarily intentionally, um, maybe you were, and I just didn't mm -mm. realize your wiles, but if it's on this topic, it wasn't intentional, <laughs> well, not just this one, but lots of topics where it's like, just by, just by the nature of asking questions, like, have you thought about this mm -hmm. or what about that? You know, because we can have these open, non-antagonistic conversations, that is what that is what drives us forward. And so I guess for me, if I'm going to, like, invite anybody to do anything today, it's going to be lis listen to the people around you and and ask those challenging questions, regardless of what side you are on any issue that you're talking about. But, you know, kindly, calmly ask someone who's on the other side of it have you considered this mm -hmm. or tell them like, this is what I think about that. But, but trying to do it in a way that is not challenging or, or aggressive, you know, there are exactly. people that we can't do that with. I'm having a family dinner later today and I'm really hoping this doesn't come up at all because I 
can't have this conversation with certain members of my family. It won't be positive. It won't be productive. Yes, um, productive. Yeah. Yeah. But in the situations where it is open, just do it. Try it. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Try and have in-person conversations with other people, not through social media. Social don't media do it on is Facebook. Oh my gosh! Yeah, please don't do it, it on Facebook. <laughs> and just don't share memes. That's say what you actually think. Share your own thoughts about it, not someone else's. I mean, who knows who that person is and who they really are? That sort of a thing. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big. It's a big day. Sad day. I just, I've, I've over the years, I've come to really learn to trust my intuition. And when the news broke, my heart just sank and I just let I pit in my stomach. However you want to describe it. It just does not feel right. Yeah. No, I'm and with you. I'm going to go with my gut on that one. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think that's it for this week. I think we've said enough. So I do too. Um, I'm going to watch a movie about Elvis Presley now. So. <laughs> Enjoy that. Thanks. And I don't know what I'll do, but definitely staying away from my phone today. So, <laughs> Well, when you do go back to your phone, where can people find us on social media? So we are on Twitter and Instagram at Talking Club Pod. Karen, you're also Karen M. Peterson, Twitter and Instagram as well. So, yeah. and we're upping our game on social media. So please follow us, check out what we're posting. Thank you for listening. And I, yeah, I just, I hope you have a good day, Karen. It was great talking with you. You too. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.